we have another interesting relationship message, and I am 100% sure I have never preached on this. I am going to preach about the dating relationship. The dating relationship. Listen, pastors often don't preach or talk about this, but we really should, shouldn't we? We should tell you everything Scripture has to talk about, and it's got some things to say. Now, we've been, of course, looking at the fact that we were not created to be alone. We were created to be in relationship. And I've given you those verses more than once, but I'm going to do it again. Genesis 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper who is just right for him. And John 13, 34 to 35, Jesus talking to his followers says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So relationships are so important and we need to be in healthy relationships. The fact that you will have joy in life is because you're in healthy relationships. The fact that you will enjoy life means you have healthy relationships. When I see a a happy husband and a happy wife, I know their marriage relationship is doing well. They're enjoying life. But we have relationships even beyond marriage and family. Your relationship with your boss, your relationship with friends. But today, specifically, we're going to look at the dating relationship. Now, what does the Bible have to say about dating? Well, the Bible has absolutely nothing to say about dating because dating is a really new term that wasn't around when the Bible was written. But don't worry, I wouldn't have done a whole message on it if there wasn't something to say. The Bible definitely does have something to say about the relationship between a young man and a young woman before getting married. Okay? Now, some would call that courting, but courting is also a newer word than when the scripture was written. And some might call it engaged, or some might call it dating. So does the Bible have something to say about this? It sure does. So let's take a look at what scripture has to say. I'm going to give you a few points about dating right off the bat. And the first one is this, the dating relationship must have a future purpose. Okay, when we look at scripture, young men and young women didn't come together unless there was a purpose for it. And of course, that purpose was, are we going to one day be married? Look at the story of Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph in Luke chapter 1, 26 to 28. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. And of course, we know the, the rest of that story is the Christmas story, and uh, the angel tells her, you're going to have a baby. And her response is, Oh, how can I have a baby? I've never known a man. You see, she's engaged to Joseph. They are engaged to be married, but they have never slept together. So in our time, that could be considered dating with the purpose of one day being married. We know later that when she was found with child, Joseph in his mind decided he would put her away privately and not cause a big issue. In other words, they're in his mind, may have been reason to not go forward with the wedding. So yes, scripture does talk about young women and young men coming together before marriage, but it was for a purpose. 
You see, if dating is simply done for the fun of it or because, you know, for the emotional need, it can cause a lot of issues down the road. Dating is not meant to just be extracurricular activity. Dating should have the purpose of, this is someone I'd be willing to marry. But we're going to get, take time to get to know one another, and we're going to see if this is something God is leading us to do. Here's the thing. If you're not mature enough to be getting married, you're not mature enough to be dating. Understanding the reason or purpose for dating means that you will also be good friends before you would ever date. So if the purpose is that, hey, I think that one day we could be married, you're not going to walk up to a random stranger and say, will you go out on a date with me? Obviously, if you do that, you're simply doing it for the recreation, okay? So friendship should always come before dating. Second point about dating. You know, when I was preparing this message, of course, I'm not forgetting that I have girls. Like, I have one son and four girls, So I am, you know, carefully preaching this. So I want to know this stuff for them too. The second thing I want to say about the dating relationship is this. There are healthy boundaries that need to be set when dating. Because dating is not the same as being married. Now I know in our culture and time, sometimes people treat dating as though, okay, we said we date now, it's just like we're married, we do whatever we want. That's not the way it is. And of course, I can tell you that from Scripture. So let me give you just a few boundaries that I think might be important when dating. And the first thing I said about it, if you were going to be dating, you already know there's a purpose. Now, what boundaries will you set? The first thing I would say is make sure your parents or others that you trust are aware that you're dating and get their input. Parents are actually pretty smart. I don't know if I have any young people here. Parents are smart. Parents care about you more than anybody else. Okay, now, if you don't have parents around, you need to have trusted friends who will tell you the truth. It's interesting, with Facebook, you can go on there and you can get anybody to tell you, yeah, you go for it. So I'm not telling you to go on Facebook and see what people think. I'm saying make sure somebody you really trust, who you know cares about you, and will tell you the truth. Talk to them. Okay, so I think that's a healthy boundary. Because if for some reason you were just, you know, blown away by how good they look and you see nothing else, a good friend might see things you need to know. Okay? Trusted people. Proverbs 11, 14. It says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So never would you want to be dating secretly that leaves no safety, okay? Young people, don't ever do that. Someone says they want to date you secretly, say no thanks. And here's the second point I want to make, or another boundary that I could see that would be important, is don't get together secretly without others around. So we kind of move right from one to the other. So get input and counsel from others. Don't be getting together secretly without others around. Proverbs 27 verse 5 says, Open rebuke is better than secret love. And Proverbs 9, 16 to 18. This is Solomon writing actually to his son and giving him some warning about, really, I, would, I guess he's talking about a harlot or a prostitute. But he says, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And as for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, talking about the harlot, you can read the whole chapter if you want on your own. She says to him, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret 
is pleasant, but he does not know that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. This lady is trying to say that stolen water and secret things are better. And the dad is warning the son, no, they're not. The people that she has tricked, her guests are there in the depths of hell. So he's talking about the fact that it's sin. Secretly dating is not a good idea. Boundaries, healthy boundaries. So first I said, make sure you get others involved, counsel. Then don't do things secretly. Uh, Let things be in the open and you're much more likely not to get into trouble. And here's one. Don't spend time alone in the dark. That's in scripture. Yes, it is. John 3, 19. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Darkness is not healthy in a dating relationship. Let things be done open and in the light. Because people, honestly, that want to do things that are wrong like darkness. It's a fact. Why do you think on businesses they put bright lights around? Because people that are going to be stealing want somewhere where it's dark, okay? So it's just a something that I want to, I think is a healthy dating guideline. I was listening to uh, an article or a podcast or something, and the speaker on there was mentioning that for a young couple dating, watching a movie in the dark on the couch from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., never turns out well. And his comment was that most young men highly overestimate their self-control. I'm just giving you what someone else said. That's not mine. So we're getting some boundaries here. Oh, you know, I don't don't want to see young people hurt and destroyed. And I've seen too much of it. Young people that thought somebody really cared about them and find out after, they didn't seem to care so much at all. So my other point, don't move in or sleep together. Hebrews 13, 4, marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. So outside of marriage, the bed is defiled. Don't move in or sleep together. If you're like, well, we're just going to move in to share the rent, but we won't sleep together Yeah, right. Maybe for a little while. So don't do it. Okay. There's plenty of scriptures on it. I'm not going to go through them all, but there are definitely scriptures that say, hey, this is serious business. I actually shared them in the marriage relationship one. So I'm not going to go through them all on this one, but please, please, young people, you don't need to sleep together with someone you're dating. That's for marriage, according to scripture. Keep it for that. Um, Maybe I'll just give you one. Let's look at... 1 Corinthians, actually, I'm just going to give you this and you can read it at home. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 and 10. So put that on your phone or write it down. You can read it at home. I'm not going to go there, but there are a couple that you can definitely look into if you need to. But I do want to say this about it. Now I mentioned, you know, don't sleep together, these kind of things. That verse that I read to you says that if you practice fornication or you continue in it, you don't inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's a pretty serious verse. Now, what I need to say if I'm going to bring something up that hard is this. Okay, what if you were in the past in a relationship where you did sleep together? What if those are things that happened? What if maybe you're in a relationship now and you didn't know this? Well, there's a really simple thing for it. You just need to turn from it and ask God to forgive you. Once the truth comes and you know the truth, then ask his forgiveness, turn from it, that's what repent means, and then walk the way he wants. Don't let it bear on you and tear you down and destroy you because you made mistakes in the past. Begin walking right for 
now forward. Okay, you guys understand that? The Lord doesn't hold it against you if you bring it to him. Sometimes people didn't know when they've been in or they were forced or pressured by somebody and they hold it on themselves and think, well, now I can never have a good relationship or now I can never have someone marry me. Stop right there. You go to God and you say, Lord, I messed up. Forgive me. I want to do this right. And he will let you start fresh and clean. And yes, he has somebody great for you. When I share this, how sometimes things don't go as they should. I remember years ago, a story, this is a true story, and I'm trying to tell it so you can't figure out who it was. So as I usually do with these type of stories, this was long, long ago, far, far away. I remember a young lady talking with me and my wife, and we knew her well, cared about her a lot. And she said to me, she said, this young man invited me to come spend, I think it was a week, in a cabin with him in another province. And I said, what? I said, well, do you know him? Who's this guy? Well, I met him at a camp in BC. <laughs> like, okay. And you're going, like a whole group of people are going? Like it's like a camp. No, he was just inviting me. I was like, don't go. Now this was a number of years ago when we were starting to hear about this thing called sex trafficking. And I said to her, have you ever heard of that? Do you know this guy? We don't want you to disappear. Now, I cautioned her. I told her, don't do it. I said, trust me, if he's booking a cabin and he wants you to come down there for that many days, he's not planning on doing Bible studies all week. Don't go. Now, I'd like to say that she took my advice and didn't go. But the thing is, this young man's dad apparently was a pastor. And I did tell her, you talk to your parents. Don't you dare just go. I think she did talk to her parents. I'm not really sure. I think she did. But because his dad was a pastor, she decided she'd go. Now, I don't know all the details, but I can tell you this. It didn't go well. Let's just leave it there. And then afterward, a few weeks after this circumstance, he got a hold of her, connected with her, and said, yeah, my dad, the pastor, has been talking to me and said it's probably not a good idea. And uh, he's been dating her since this camp. And, you know, she thinks he's an amazing guy and she might marry him someday. That's why she went to meet him there with the cabin. And afterwards, a couple weeks after this situation, he talks to her and says, my dad's been talking to me anyways. I have this book that says, you know, that we probably shouldn't do this thing. He sent her a book and broke up with her. Yeah, if someone says their dad's a pastor, that's no excuse to go. I don't care if their dad's the Pope. I was, I can feel it now. I was pretty upset at this guy. I still feel it. Listen, there's boundaries you set for a reason. They keep you healthy. Get people involved that you trust. And stick with what God said. It's for your safety. Now, I'm really thankful that it wasn't more serious and this wasn't someone who was going to steal her. Now, she did ask the Lord to forgive her for that. And I have good news for you. She did end up doing things the right way. And today she is happily married to a really amazing Christian young man. And they have some kids and they're blessed. So God give them a fresh start but there was some heartache and pain. So please, please, please make sure and do things the way God says. All right, here's my next point. I believe that in the dating relationship, a Christian should always pray for God's direction before dating. As Christians, prayer should be a part of everything. If you're a friend with somebody, you're getting close to them, before you say yes to dating, pray about it. God cares about things like that. He really does. Okay? And here's a story about that. Genesis 24, 12 
to 15. And this is a story of Abraham sending his main servant to go look for a wife for his son Isaac. And the servant prays. And he says, Lord God, my master Abraham, he prayed. Excuse me, Lord God of my master Abraham, he prayed. Please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master Abraham. You see, I'm standing here beside this spring or this well, and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink, and I will water your camels too, let her be the one you've selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. And before he had finished praying, he saw a young woman named Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. So here he is. We know from a verse previously that he has 10 camels. He has come up to the well, so he must look fairly wealthy to have 10 camels and all this stuff. And he asks this young lady, he doesn't know her name yet. He says, can I have a drink? And she says, yes, and I'll also water your camels. And it then goes on to say that he stands and watches while she waters her ca- his camels. Now that was actually quite a big chore. You had 10 camels, and we know that a thirsty camel can drink up to 30 gallons of water in 15 minutes. Do the math, that's 300 gallons of water in 15 minutes. She had a jug that probably held three gallons of water. So that means for all those exercise people, she did a hundred reps of let down the jug, fill it with water, pick it up, walk over here, dump it out and do it again. And likely, and you wanna know what the weight is if you're an exercise person, that's a 30 pounds she's carrying. So hundred reps with 30 pounds. So for you exercise people, she was in good shape. But more than that, she had a good heart. Who says, yeah, have a drink and I'll water your stinky camels. Now that's a side note to it, but the thing I want you to focus on here is prayer was key. So the lesson from this story is not hire someone to go out and find you a spouse. The lesson from this story is prayer. God does care. God does care about who you choose to date. So let prayer be a part of it. Ask him what he thinks. And then my final point is this, after prayer, take action. All right? Faith is action. And once you've prayed, once God has shown, then action should be taken. So you see, he prayed, and then he asked. And then when Rebecca did what was needed to be done, he then went, and it says that he put jewelry on her, and he asked if there was room in her father's house for them and their camels. He took action. And then he told the parents, this is what I'm here for. This is what I prayed. Can Rebecca come back with me? They talked about it, and they said, well, let's ask Rebecca herself if she wants to go. They asked Rebecca, and she said, sure, I'll go. I don't know if she was tired of babysitting or what, but she was ready to go. No, we don't know that, but she said yes. Action must be taken, and I'm saying this for the people who maybe are a little bit shy. You know, I've met many people over my years of ministry who have prayed and said, you know, I want to be married someday. And they'll pray about it, but they somehow think that God is miraculously going to bring a man or a woman and drop him in their home that they never leave. It doesn't work that way. Prayer requires action to follow. Now, my story is a little different than most, but God was merciful to me. I was almost like one of those people who thought somehow it's going to just miraculously happen and nothing needs to happen on my part. But God did something for us. Now, I need to tell you, of course, as I'm sharing on this dating relationship, 
I am sharing from Scripture, not my vast experience. Because my experience with dating was very short. You see, I met a young lady. Her name was Beatrice. I actually met her father and did ministry with their family. And after really, I think it was six or seven months of ministry, we were down in British Columbia doing ministry. And we were at this meeting. We were sitting there in this row. I was sitting with her family. And this preacher from the pulpit, he looks down and he points at me. And he says, is that your wife beside you? And I looked, and it was Beatrice, and I said, ah, no. And he goes, oh, well, one day she will be. It's like, boy, these preachers are crazy in BC. And literally three days later, we were at another place doing meetings. The meeting finished, and we're in this lineup for food. And this guy comes up beside us, and he looks at me, and he says, you know, I just felt God telling me that you need to know that one day you're going to marry this girl. And that was Beatrice, and Beatrice turned around and walked out of the house. She'd be like... We're going to hear this everywhere we go. Now, she told me later she walked out of the house because her mom really didn't like it that, you know, people were saying we were going to get married. So for me, it took two times for me to even think about something like that. And then I thought, first of all, my thought was everybody in BC is crazy. And when we went home from these meetings, I talked to my older brother and I said, everybody in BC is crazy. You know what they said? And when I was done talking to him, he was like, and so what do you think? He goes, well, remember when you, we were teenagers, you told me God gave you a dream that you're going to be married and have kids. And you told me in the dream that you saw the girl's hand. And the girl's hand was a tan color, right? He's telling me this back like I didn't remember. I was like, yeah. So what exactly are you saying, Dave? Like, I think you should pray about it. So I did pray about it and speed the story up. We've been married now. It'll be 24 years this summer. So my dating, oh, I was going to tell you about how long we dated. That was the whole point of the story, and I forgot to tell you. So we dated. I finally said, dear, you know, I came to her and I said, um, I've been wondering. I want to ask you if you'd like to date me, but with the purpose of possibly that we would want to be married. That's how I asked her. And she said, yes. And we dated for seven days, and then I asked her to marry me. So I have no experience in dating. <laughs> and she remembers the wedding proposal. It was, she says, it was breathtaking. Actually, it was horrible. And she still said yes. I took her, we were staying at this pastor's place, and I remember he had this little trail, and there was a picnic bench down there. Well, anyways, I took her down this little trail to the picnic bench, but it was overgrown with grass, and there were so many mosquitoes. We were almost eaten alive, and to make matters worse, I was sick with the flu. And so I was really trying not to... <gasps> the mosquitoes are eating us, and I'm like, would you marry me? And to make it really, really bad, I knew so little about dating or marriage or anything, I didn't even have a ring when I asked her. And she still said yes. So that's a little bit of our story. God can do anything. So... I'm not telling you this to have great experience and lots of experience with dating, but you know what? We did have time where we had to get to know each other when they traveled in ministry and she saw my character, I saw her character. So please don't rush things. I am going to counsel you, wait, date more than seven days, okay? I'm just going to say that. All right, take action though. Once you've prayed and once you know, take action. I've seen too many people grow old and become angry at God because he didn't bring their partner. But once you've prayed, then take a step. Faith is action. Go ahead and read Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is the faith chapter, and each and every person it lists took action. By faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Moses 
led the people. Do you see faith without action isn't faith? Once you've prayed, take action. I remember another, boy, stories are just coming today. This is good. Okay, I remember at this church many years ago, we were doing prayer. I tell you, we do prayer on Saturday nights at 6. And it seems like nobody remembers, but good things happen at prayer. Well, at that time, we were doing prayer. I don't remember what night. It was about 6 o'clock. And we were in these chairs right here. There was, I think, Dave, you must have been there because Dave's been at prayer and Sandy right from the get-go. We were right here and two guys showed up and they came in, they sat down and we were almost done prayer. They were looking for service, but I said, well, it's just prayer meeting. And uh, I said, well, do you guys have any prayer requests? And the one young man, he's like, yeah, I'd like prayer for a wife. And he kind of laughed, but I knew he was serious. Okay, we'll pray for you for a wife. So we started praying for him and I was praying. And uh, as I was praying, and this had never happened to me before when praying for somebody for a wife, but a name came to me. And I'm like, well, I've never heard a, a girl with that name. But I was like, I could see how it was spelled even. And I told him, well, this name has come to me. And again, I'm not going to tell you who it was, so I'm not going to say, but the name came. I said, well, I'm just going to give you this. But as we prayed, this is the name. He was like, I don't know anybody by that name. I said, neither do I. But if it's God, you'll meet them. Well, literally about a year and a half later, he's at one of our services with a young lady sitting beside him. And he had met this young lady actually in a different province. And I had to go say hello. And I was like, oh, hello, who's this? Well, guess who this was? The exact name. And they're married and they have a kid. And uh, you'll, you might even know who they are. God can do anything. God can do anything. But here's the key to this. The prayer was great. But if he went home and done nothing, he would never, ever be where they are now. What did he do? He believed it because he believed it. He took action. He was at a meeting somewhere. He saw this good-looking girl. He went over and found out what her name was. And when he found out her name, then he started putting on the charm. I'm pretty sure. I... <laughs> Well, you can find out for sure by, <laughs> you want to talk to him someday, but I'm pretty sure he put on the charm. Did the hair perfect, practiced his smile in the mirror. He did what was necessary. He took action. So people, if anything, if you have a desire to be with somebody after prayer, then take action. All right, and I am going to finish off today's service I'm actually going to give you some action steps, okay? I know you're like, seriously, Pastor Dan? Yes. I am going to give you some options tests. If you're mature enough to get married, you have a desire to get married, listen, you may choose to be single. Maybe you feel God's called you to be single and you should be happy with that and go for it. Okay, but this is for somebody who's thinking of dating. That's why it's the dating relationship. If you're not thinking of getting married, then you're not going to be dating. That's just a fact. That would just be playing with fire. But if you're thinking of being in a dating relationship, getting married, I have action steps for you. So you're mature enough to get married. Here's your action steps. Number one, pray first. And you're like, okay, pray what? Lord, lead me to the right person. I'm going to make this like so simple. Okay, lead me to the right person. And you should include prayer in every step. Step number two, go places where there are other Christian people. <clears throat> that was easy. You can't just sit in your little hole and expect something to happen. Go places where there are Christian people. I remember one young man talking to me and he's like, you know, I want to get married sometime, but it seems like, you know, I'm dating someone that doesn't work and this and that. And I'm like, well, where are you meeting these people? Well, I don't drink, but I go to the bar sometime. Oh, what do you expect? 
If you're looking for a certain kind of person to marry, then go places where those people hang out. I know you're like, do you really meet people like that? I do. Okay, so number one, pray. Number two, go places where there's other Christian people. Number three, become good friends with other people who are Christians. You'd be surprised how many people don't get the be good friends thing. You can't just go to other places where there's Christians and stand like this and expect someone's going to walk up and say, will you marry me? That doesn't happen. It takes at least seven days. Anyways. All right, so be friends. And if you believe God is leading you to become closer with someone who's already a friend, then pray about it. Talk with people you trust and then talk with that person. If they feel the same way, ask them if they would like to be in a Christian dating relationship with you. Just be honest about it and say, yeah, I think this is good. We should be in a dating relationship, but a Christian one. And then... If they say yes, agree together on what the healthy boundaries are that you'll have right from the get-go. Okay, we're going to do this. You know, there's a purpose in it, and here's, here's our boundaries. Are you good with that? Right from the start. And if you are, it's going to be good. All right. Then, after dating for enough time to really know each other's hearts and future goals, decide with prayer, discussion with each other and trusted people, if... Marriage is your next step. If marriage is the next step, then I'm going to say to the young man, ask her to marry you. Now, I know today sometimes I've heard women ask the man whatever, but my old-fashionedness will say, young man, be the leader, be the home, be the head. Ask her to marry you. Talk with parents and set a date for the wedding. If marriage is not the direction you both feel to go, stop dating and be good friends. So there is a timeline. You can't date forever, okay? Whew, I'll tell you, this has been a good message. And uh, Abigail will be listening tomorrow, so it's going to be even better tomorrow, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Listen, maybe you think some of those things, oh, what's he doing, just these steps? Honestly, people, people don't know what it, how to date as Christians anymore. We've lost it because we think we have to do it just like the world where okay i said yes i date now i got to do everything married people do no be good friends then get to know each other deeper then after time decide is this going to lead to where we marry or not because if not let's just be good friends if yes let's talk to people who know and i said talk to the parents because parents always help with weddings and they know how long it takes Uh, when my wife and i got engaged you know, we were thinking a certain amount of time. We talked with her parents and her mom, and oh, it's going to take at least this much time to get stuff ready. So, um, and it was amazing. Oh, and one other tip if you're going to go off on a honeymoon, you should let the parents of the bride know so they don't freak out and think you stole their daughter. But anyhow, <laughs> I, we forgot to tell them that, and that was before the days of cell phones. So we actually, before the wedding reception was over, we snuck off and we were gone for three days. And there was no cell phones. Her mom thought I stole her daughter forever. But anyhow, oh, God is good. You know, I think about it sometimes. I love him so much. And hey, if your desire is to please him, even if you don't know everything, he's gonna, he's gonna help you out. I mean, there's no way I deserve a good wife like I have, but he's so good. He's got something good for you. If I can finish by saying that, he's got something good. So church people, those who are desiring relationships, that's what I want to tell you about the dating relationship. Okay? Go where there's other people. 
Let prayer be a part of it. And I got to also say, because when you talk about this, maybe there's someone you're single and you're good with it. That is totally okay. Did you know that Paul says in the one scripture that it's good to be single. You can just serve God and that's it. If that's your desire, go for it. But today, if you've been thinking, you know, I think I want to be in that relationship, I gave you some points. So we're going to end now. Let's stand together.